Ava Talks, inspiration for creating a sustainable and fulfilling life. Hello and welcome to our podcast series The Return Home with our special guest Eva Wieprecht. Eva Wieprecht is the director of the International Virginia Satir Institute of Germany, international speaker, trainer in the generative change work developed by Dr. Stephen Gilligan and Robert Diltz, and she also facilitates systemic trainings and workshops using the generative systemic satire model, Ericksonian hypnosis, generative coaching and generative trance, as well as somatic integration and movement approaches. In today's episode of the Return Home podcast series, we share with you several different approaches about how you can engage with your thoughts and how you can practically transform the disempowering thoughts into resources for evolution and growth. Enjoy! Hello, Eva, and welcome back to our AVA Talks podcast series, The Return Home. Hi, Alina. Thanks for inviting me back. On our journey, we got to the episode when we need to pay some attention to the topic that is really, really touching and really important for for us all and for our lives. And now we get to discuss about our thoughts Mm -hmm. and how they impact us, how they affect our lives and our relationships. And I would start by asking you a simple question. What do you think? Our thoughts are our friends or our enemies? <laughs> a simple question usually leads to a very complicated or comp- let's say complex um, answer, but also contemplation. To me, they can be our friends and be really our friends and 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 they can also create a lot of um, stress and usually i like to see it's both i can i can really look at our thoughts not as an either or but i think the the difference that really makes the differences is their an observer in the house is there a self that you know one of the elements that we will reach next time so is there me with my full connection to my embodied self that is able to create a, a relationship with our thoughts there are many traditions that are talking about that i can maybe think about mindfulness um, now i'm aware that i have a thought would be one of those ideas. Now I'm aware that I have a thought that comes to visit and the thought says, is this interesting, for example. So I'm holding a thought that comes um, to my mind and if, it, if the thought just comes by, unattended by me noticing the thought, then that can go both ways. Either way, it can be helpful or it can be not so helpful. And so in generally, I want to say all the thoughts are okay to have. The question is, am I in the house and I'm present with it? And can I create a choice relationship with it? Or am I not in the house? And then I'm at the mercy of certain thoughts that I like to call the thought virus coming to visit and having a direct impact on 
how I feel about them or are those positive supportive thoughts and they will create something that is in relationship to a very positive well-being oriented experience so yes they're good and they're bad they're both and depending on who is having the thought they can all be used in a helpful direction so one first step would be not to identify ourselves with our thoughts yes there's not, a not let them become who we are or who we think we are yeah that's a really important statement you're making um there's a hindu uh, meditation tradition actually that teaches i am not my thoughts i have thoughts but i'm not my thoughts or where they meditate on i'm not my body i have a body but i'm not my body I'm not my history. I have my history, but I'm not my history. So coming back, I have thoughts. They come and go, they visit, and I am not my thoughts. So I don't have to be at the mercy of them. And I think that's a very big idea. It's a very crucial idea. It's a very critical choice point. And in order to make that clear we need experiences such as observing my thoughts in a state of meditation for example i'm not my thoughts i have thoughts i'm not them that's a big idea yeah and a lot of times this is a, a scary question for for some of us to ask if i'm not my thoughts i'm not my body i'm not my history then who am i so yeah that that's uh, an insight an invitation for insight absolutely and that's why we have another chapter to come where we talk about spirituality and and those big questions to round all of this up right so we yeah you said in a discussion we previously had how awareness leads to choice yes and you stated earlier how the observer can can follow the, the thoughts and did not identify himself or herself with the thoughts yes but in order to make choices don't we need other thoughts to base our to base our thinking on or how how, how do we choose how do we get to choose um i think it's a to me this is almost like a research project in our own interest or like a self-assessment self-evaluation process and you know different thoughts may be may be different helpful for different people i guess what we can generally say is every thought creates a certain frequency and if i am having a thought that's in relationship to fear for example i'm afraid then there's a lower frequency and so i'm i'm receptible i'm susceptible to uh probably negative impacts that also then create certain low um low frequency emotions and 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 that will have an impact on how my physical body responds to that it has a direct transmission to our chemicals that we um, you know, we flood our bodies. There's another frequency about words like love, words like gratitude, I thank you, um, I love you, I love myself, I appreciate. 
And those are words that come on a very different frequency and that they release very different chemicals into our body and they have a really positive impact on how I feel in my body and what it does to my body in terms of a, of a positive energy level. So one way, one practice is I like to introduce repetitive, positive mantras. People can, it's almost like I, I put a record into my mind that I train my mind to play a, a different record that will have a repetition in a positive wanted direction. One, for example, is coming from a very old tradition, which is a beautiful Hawaiian tradition. Uh, it's, uh, it has this amazing word, ho'oponopono, um, probably say it wrong. And, and Chris Hallbaum, actually, who's, who's much um, related to the health field, reminded me of that. I learned it a while ago, and then I recently had a conversation with her, and I was so grateful that she brought those mantras back to me. And those are, I am sorry, please forgive me, thank you, and I love you. And I can put that into my thoughts as a repetition, as a prayer, as a mantra that will actually allow ourselves to come um, in repetition, in rhythmic, in, in these uh, words that are guided, guiding um, my inner experience and will actually lead to what they call the zero point. And that's a good place to be in to actually be able to, to create a choice in our own interests. So they're called, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And maybe even as we listen to those words, you may already notice a shift in your inner um, experience. I do, even just saying it out loud once, I'm noticing there's a shift in my body that feels alive yet calm and more settling. I don't know if you experience something like that too. Yeah, what, one very powerful impact that these repetitions and these affirmations have, these mantras, is that maybe at first we don't really believe what we are saying. Yes. So a, a lot of the times we, we are just repeating or, or the practice is to repeat even if you don't believe that. But also don't resist the idea or, or the, the meaning of the words. Yeah. Just let, let them come out and in, inside as you listen to, to the voice and they little by little they, they start changing the, the pathways of our thinking patterns. Yeah. Because as scientists have already proved the long ago, they, these thought patterns uh, have physiological expression in our brains. Yes. And the um, uh, neurological pathways that are created. And in order to introduce a new thinking pattern, we need to train our, ourselves and to train our brain to create new ones. And th this is a, a great, a great uh, practice, this Oponopono practice, that has also an impact not only on our thoughts, but also, as you said, on our energy level and our, our body. So we can, we can sense this just from the, the frequency of the words. Yeah. yeah that, that's a really great technique. Yeah. I guess I want to say words matter. Words have an impact on us. So it's really 
um, curious. It's really interesting to, to listen to the words that we use in different moments and then sense how do they get translated into a body sensation. Here we're back at the body too. Words and, and you know, the, the language I use in my self-talk mm -hmm. have a direct impact on my body. And that's also then connected to emotions. And most of them, here's the other connection point, most of them are learned in social interactions that were important. Our caregiver, our caretaker, our import, important environmental influences. So most of the thoughts, most of the words that I have active in me, especially the ones that come in repetition, I may have learned from other people and internalized them and now I act as if those are my own. And, and it's really important to notice words do matter. Words have an impact on myself as much as on other people when I use them. And it's, it's really worth to watch them. And, you know, in the Talmud, as well as um, I think Lao Tzu said something along those lines too. There's a beautiful quote that actually says, um, watch your words, they become your behavior. Watch your behavior, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they will become your values. Watch those values because they become your character. And watch those characters because they become your destiny. So if I want to take charge of my destiny to where I want to go, it begins with the words I'm telling myself and especially the ones that come on repetition. So I, I, I usually like to suggest two pathways. One is put in your awareness new words that are helpful for your destiny, like love, forgiveness, gratitude, thank you. You know, all these words are supporting our positive direction destiny. And love is the strongest one. Mm -hmm. and then the other one, the other side to the same coin um, is watch the ones that you're, you're telling yourself on repetition and allow yourself to detect them, to notice them. And if they come as a statement of belief, for example, like I'm not good enough, that's a statement that is almost like set in stone and then that could also be detected as what I like to call as a thought virus. I'm not good enough. If I just believe that, that's it. It may have a sink in as a negative self-affirmation. But if I allow myself to translate this statement into a question, then maybe I could take a step back by saying, I'm not good enough. How could that be translated into a really interesting, helpful question? Like, where are places where being alone is not enough, where I really need support? Or, you know, where do I feel I'm not good enough yet? I would like to improve myself in a different direction. Um, so how could we translate whatever is set into a stone rule into maybe a question of, oh, interesting, maybe here I am not, not enough. I need support. I need a community to help me 
support a really big idea? And who could that be? Who could I call upon as a support system? Because me enough is not enough. Thank you for letting me know. You know, so becoming not the victim of my thoughts that may make me feel small, but taking them as an invitation to look at them from a question direction or by choosing to how I listen to them more carefully. Mm -hmm. So first would be to, to notice our thoughts. Notice. And then according to what we notice, just to first calibrate, okay, is this empowering me? How does this thought make me feel? What does it mean for me, for my state? Yes. I find myself because a lot of times we have some bad or negative thoughts, let's say, in, when, when we are in, in a certain state. And then choose, okay, is this good enough for me? Is, does this empower me in some way? Or I need something different to believe, some yeah. other thing can help me more and then start this questioning process and guide little by little insight to how this thought can be a little bit different or I can have a different perspective on that thought. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I can give you one example of a thought virus, if you wish, that came to visit. So um, I had probably two weeks ago, somehow I had this repetitive thought that says, I don't want to be part of this life if it continues like this. And it just kept repeating itself. I don't want to live this life. That's what the thought was that came to visit. I, I don't want to live this life as it is. And it was first a little bit, I, I felt jolted by hearing the thought, but it kept re repeating itself. And I thought, whoa, what is this all about? You know, my nature is pretty active and positive, And I always kind of look at the glass water as half full, more than half empty. So it was a surprising repetition of the same thought. And then I used exactly that technique where I said, what is the question behind this idea? And the question behind that was really, how can I contribute myself to a life that's worth contributing to? And what is in my area of expertise? What is in my area of reach? that I can do my best in my own self power, in my own possibilities to contribute in my best sense to a life I really want to live moving forward. And that was a very empowering question. That was a very um, truthful question because I, I really find I'm asked today personally, what is the life that I want to live and that I want to do my share in the larger community, professionally, personally, with all the many relationships I have that will best express the way I like to see life. And what I, the answer that came to me, collaboration. People with multiple disciplines in, in a conversation turning to arts and have arts a different language to where I feel limited, having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with my dear friends and really nurturing those relationships. 
standing up to my own opinion, no matter what other people are thinking about that, even though they're important, but allowing myself to stand up and say, this is what I think, this is what I believe right now, maybe if I have other information, I may change that belief, but for now, I believe this to be true, and my opinion is as valid as yours, to really stand up on my own way on my own this way um so that brought me to some ideas what is it that i want to put into action that is best serving how right now in this moment i feel i like to contribute this way and that also means for me for example when i think about traveling is possible maybe hopefully sometimes that I will probably make adjustments to my travel schedule and not use the airplane as much as I did before. And I already made that as a commitment to myself. And yeah, so, so really asking what are the adjustments I am willing to make to contribute to a life that I find worth living for? And how can I best do that through my own expression of my own self? Mm-hmm. I have another question I would like to ask you. Do you think there are thoughts that are more difficult to trace and to change than others? Yes, because a lot of our implicit thoughts or implicit, I differentiate between rules or beliefs, family rules, beliefs. Um, they're explicit and implicit. Some of them I know I heard about, so they kind of live in, in language in my, my mind and they come and visit different times. You always have to be perfect or you always have to, to put others, others, other people first. The, that's maybe an explicit um, thought or belief that came and that I learned, but they're implicit ones and those live in the body. And so a lot of the thoughts are very noticeable in the body, but I may have no understanding yet. How do they translate into words? So some of the, um, I guess the invitation I want to make is notice whenever you have a really intense body reaction, such as squeezing in the, in the, in, in the stomach, or a tension that comes up, or a heat flash, um, some really intense body reactions, there, there is a thought connected to that. And a lot of times if they come implicitly and they live so deeply in the body, I may not be conscious of them because I only know what I know. And I do not know what I do not know. These are the areas where I do not know what I do not know. And those are really interesting ones to become self-responsible because the more I become aware of the things I do not know about myself yet and being willing to allow them to surface more and more and more and more and language them, then I can start to, to befriend also the ones that are living deeply rooted into our body. And those are a lot of times transgenerational, passed on beliefs, traumas that have been transmitted and not being able to process because people may have had the need to continue with life and couldn't take care of um, those um, things to be integrated. But now we live in a time where we can actually take the time to 
befriend those lived deeply in the body beliefs and allow them with so many techniques. A lot of times we may need more of a body technique, maybe somatic experiencing that allows body work to be an entrance point to actually lift that into the area of where language will surface. Because then the next level will be that whatever the language is, I may need to use that in order to make sense, to give it meaning so that the way I, I create my narrative, my storyline about my life is making meaning, is making sense to me so that whatever I experienced is part of my life and I know where it belongs on my lifeline. I know it's in the past, it's done, and I can give it a positive meaning by looking back at it. So yes, some of them are really difficult to detect. How can we do it? Probably by noticing my body when it has strong reactions and then asking the gentle contemplation question, what is the belief that lives deeply in my body? What, what is connected to that? And allow that to more and more curiously be surfacing over time and, and maybe allow body work to help you to support, to bring that forward, to then allow language to put it in the right meaning making. That's how the meaning making, the sense making is connected as well. Because what we know is that people who survived really terrible things, if they know how to give everything that they experience a positive meaning and integrate that on their lifeline to where it belongs and have a positive future into a direction they look forward, that's where we create resilience. That's where we create positivity out of anything. And Thich Nhat Hanh, the beautiful Buddhist, has this beautiful expression of no mud, no lotus. There is a capacity that out of the mud, out of the darkness, we can create the wisdom of the lotus flower. And so whatever is difficult to detect can actually be the mud that comes the deepest lotus out of us. That's at least what I promote and I hope to support. Yeah, and I know this is not an, an easy thing to do. And we also have insights about these topics in our previous podcasts on how to return to our bodies and how we can make sense of our, of our senses and how you also gave some very practical exercises about training these abilities that help us to discover these thoughts that are very deep in our, in our subconscious mind or in our, in our somatic intelligence and are maybe more difficult to discover with our conscious mind yeah and i would invite all those listening to us right now to to also check this other podcast that we did together because they are really really valuable on on this this side of practical exercises of how we can develop certain abilities yeah I want to give one more little practical nugget away about working with thoughts that I may know about, more the explicit ones. In the Virginia Satya work that I represent, we have a very simple yet very powerful idea 
of transforming what's called a family, family rule that may have a negative impact on me into what we call a guideline. And here's the structure. I let a thought, I let a belief, a family rule surface. One example could be I always have to be perfect. Or I always have to put other people first. Um, I always have to do it right. So whenever there's an, a keyword that says always or never, that's a good indicator for now we have surfaced a family rule. And so it's interesting to write it out, write what the statement is, the sentence is, and then we start to, to work with it with a simple language transformation first. So transformation one is the always or never. I will replace that with a little other word, which is called sometimes. I can sometimes be perfect, for example. Then the second line will be, now I'm adding in another word, uh, which is called choose. I can choose sometimes to be perfect. And then the third level to it is another word that will give um, possibilities to contextualizing the rule. So there is, I can choose to sometimes be perfect when. So the when is now an indicator for putting it into context. And then the structure is saying, put it into an A, B, and C context, because we believe whenever we have three, num a number of three, it brings a higher um, quality of choice. It brings a higher quality of um, the inner experience of freedom. Um, so we want to use whatever's already in our mind repetitively there, and then I translate it into sometimes choice, and when specifically do we want to keep the rule still as something really helpful? Because there may be times when I want to do something perfectly right, because now I choose to do it and it's good to do the job um, really in all its details. Um, so we also want to use the energy of the belief that has a lot of energy to use it in our own interest. And so that's another really practical tool that I like to introduce in one of my workshops in the bigger, you know, generative systemic satire model system. Thank you. That, that's um, a new practice and a new exercise I, I didn't know about. So thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for everything that you shared with us today, Eva. And I know this is a huge topic to speak about our thoughts and mm -hmm. how our thoughts work and influence us and how we can change them. That's yeah. even more challenging to talk about. Yeah. But thank you for everything that you shared and looking forward to our next meeting. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much. Thanks for your great questions. And I just want to say as a final note, it's, it's difficult, yes. And it's possible. So I think what we also want to, to remind ourselves of, is of the last mantras. I'm so sorry that sometimes it's not working well. And I forgive myself. And thank you for, you know, continuing to stay on track. And, and I love myself for being on the journey of waking up because it is 
difficult to do, yet it is possible. So it needs a lot of self-encouragement and motivation to stay on track. So thank you for bringing this topic to our awareness. It's always great for me to practice too. And that was our today's episode of the Return Home podcast series with Eva Biprecht. We would love you to share with us what has touched you while listening to our conversation and also what are the topics you would like to discover more about. We hope you enjoyed our journey so far and continue to be on board with us. So stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, we wish you all the best and don't forget to stay healthy, centered and connected.